0: This is the Mouthpiece Podcast, and we're talking about UFC this weekend, mainly everything UFC. Tonight, we got, uh, you know, just, this This is going to come out probably after or slightly before, but Clarissa Shields is fighting tonight in an MMA debut, and this is a big, this is a big story. I don't, maybe it's going go flying under the radar. I don't think it really is in the MMA community, but definitely in boxing. Uh, this is the best, most prime, the uh, best boxer, uh, in their prime to ever enter MMA. Uh, and take the sport seriously, so this is the first ever transition that, you know, this truly something to watch, and to see if it could be successful, and the, the people have their doubts, I don't, I think it could be very successful, I think it's the right person to do it, um, in the right division, it, it just, to me, it just, everything makes sense, it's a calculated attack by Clarissa Shields, and we're gonna see how it happens, it's gonna happen tonight, um, maybe I'll do like a post-fight reaction on the, the weigh-in podcast, which is on YouTube, um, but let's get to the cards this weekend. We got UFC 263, Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori, number two. And it's kind of been under under the radar that this is a rematch. Because the fight kind of happened when both guys, before both guys were kind of the names we are today. In the first fight, uh, Israel dominated the stand-up part, portion of it. But he did get taken down later in the fight. Um, and that's the thing. is that Izzy's coming off a loss. It was at 205. I think he lost because of the size. I think that was the main thing he lost for is because of his size. His size didn't go to 205. Like we like we thought it would, or maybe it was too rushed. But another thing is he was taken down in that fight. And he w- didn't have the best technique on getting back up. Now, in the fight against Marvin Vittor the first time, he did pop up. But did John uh, f- reveal something in Izzy's game that Izzy, when he pulls back, leaves his legs, which I've, I've said since the beginning, since I started this podcast, I told you that's, that's Izzy's biggest mistakes is when he pulls back. He leaves his legs in the same spot. So if he gets caught with a shot, he's going to go to sleep. It's the same thing as when Anderson Silva got knocked out by Weinman when he was trying to show off and he pulled back and left his legs there. There's nothing holding. There's no balance. There's no, uh nothing to handle the shock of the punch. You're going to go to sleep. Right? But it also, what John pulled out that I didn't even think of was the takedown portion of it is that when he did that and he pulled back like that, John could just eat him up and he was off balance and take him straight to the ground. So is Marvin Vittori, does he see that? Now I know Marvin Vittori trains with Julian, who used to train a wild card and I used to train with. I used to work out with him. He used to uh, we but we, we boxed at the same time. So back when Julian was a fighter before he was a trainer. Um and he's a very good boxing trainer. But he has also has like his MMA side like jiu-jitsu and everything. The guys do that. But the thing is is are they connecting? Are they talking? Are they setting this up? Because I think Marvin to set this up with certain shots where he doesn't overcommit with a shot to get uh, Izzy in that position where he pulls straight back so he can get the takedown. Because Marvin's strategy in here is to get the takedown. Now, I was watching uh, Izzy fights and I was thinking, could maybe, possibly, right, could Marvin turn this fight into a kind of a Calvin Gastelum type fight? Could he do that? Could he turn this into a Calvin Gastelum-like type fight for Izzy? I don't think he has the legs of Gastelum. I really don't i don't think I think he's going to stay in the pocket, but I don't think he can stay too long in that pocket with Izzy. Even though they fought before and Izzy didn't exactly knock him out, but I think Izzy's better from that and I think Marvin's better from that, but being better like more confident in your stand up could also lead to more openings. Because you're going to throw more offense out there would be more for Izzy to watch, more easy to look to see to counter. I think Marvin's got to get to the ground in some some way, some form in this fight. And I think that Izzy Salt had a hole in his game we all saw it but he that means he also saw it so what weapons is he bring what is he changing about his game and did he work his off his back right did he work his game off his back to say you know did he work his game off his back to say like I'm if I get down then he get be able to get back up. Did he do that? We're gonna find out. In this fight I see Izzy winning it. I think uh Izzy's gonna win it I think that maybe people think Izzy's a little bit more susceptible because he lost to John right but well, you gotta remember that John is a 205er. He's a big guy. He's a lot he's a lot bigger than Izzy. My bad. I'm letting my dog in right now. Okay, he's a lot bigger than Izzy, right? So if that makes if people think that Izzy's more susceptible than ever, well, you know, the size, he's coming back down. He's coming back down to the weight that he was dominating at, that he was completely dominated at. I, I just don't see what, what Marvin's gonna do. You know, Marvin's gotta get in you on know, a takedown. He doesn't have like the most quick is devastating double leg he doesn't exactly get on legs he's kind of more like in the clinch he likes to get you down in the clinch that means he has to walk through some shots and he's getting more confident in his stand-up but he's still stand-up getting more confident isn't exactly like i said the best thing for him in this fight i think he has to be more cautious than ever in the stand-up portion of this fight let me get some notes on this um does izzy after this fight how many more fights before Izzy goes back to light heavyweight to make that attempt again. Because it's definitely going to have to happen, right? Because it's definitely already running out of opponents at middleweight. Now, opponents always resurface, but I just think that light heavyweight is the thing he's going to try again. Um, we're going to find out if he worked anything on the ground game. We might find out. You know, you might not find out, but let's see. Um, let's see here. I think Vittoria would be the first champ from Italy, which is pretty interesting. It's This sport's coming way more global every day, and that'd be a big thing for the UFC. And, uh... That I was saying, like inventory have a similar game to Kevin Gastelum, which is just Gastelum's legs were really underrated, and that's why Kevin Gastelum hasn't really been the same since, because like his legs haven't been the same since, because I don't think he's been training as hard as he did for that Izzy fight um, since then, or maybe that fight just took too much out of him. But if we're going to predictions here, I'm gonna take Izzy. I think he's gonna look sharp. I think he's gonna pick uh, the legs apart of Vittori. I think uh, Vitor will get more aggressive. And I think he's going to walk into shots from Izzy and get the – uh, and, and Izzy's going to get the stoppage. I think I really – I see that coming. I think Izzy takes him apart first two rounds. And Marvin is not a kind of guy I don't think to wilt. He didn't wilt in the first one. I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to say, like, oh, okay, I'll go to decision here. No, I think he's going to try to go for a win. And I think he's getting more confidence in his hands. But, like I said, more confidence in your hands. Like, there's a reason when guys fight. This happens a lot. Like, you'll see Tank Davis fight someone, right? And he'll be a – like, Tang Davis versus Leo Santa Cruz, right? He knocked out Leo Santa Cruz. Now, Tang Davis versus someone else lesser, right? What's probably, what's a decision with them, right? Like Gamboa or something like that. And you would be like, well, is Gamboa. How come Gamboa did better than Leo Santa Cruz? He didn't do better. He just knew he had nothing to offer. But Leo Santa Cruz has something to offer. So, when he has something to offer, you're more confident. It creates more openings, right? Because you really believe what you're doing. So, you don't care the openings that you're creating because you think that whatever you're attacking and the openings that you see are going to be effective, And that leads openings. So, a lot of times when two really good guys go at each other, that's why we get knockouts. Because it's two guys that truly believe in their stuff and they're taking chances. And it's happening fast. But a guy doesn't believe his stuff and he goes in there and he gets, and he's, uh, he knows he has no chance in that. Similar to what we saw like um, the Logan Paul Mayweather thing. Logan knew he didn't have a chance in that fight. So, when he figured that part out, he said, okay, I'll hold him. And then he got tired and he says, I'm just going to keep holding him. I'm going to keep, uh, I'm going to keep him close. I'm not going to let him, you know, tee off on me. So every time he got in and overshot, overshot then Logan would just hold and hope for the round to go away. That's what happens, right? That's what happens in these fights. So I'm predicting that Izzy tears him apart, right? And then Vittori's going to get – he's still confident in his game, and he thinks, like, well, I'm just going to take a chance here, and it's going to open him up some big shots. Now, the counter would be the Vittori stand-up, has a different confidence, in the range where Izzy likes to stop and stare – Vittori's punching, and it throws off Izzy off his game. He's not labeled to pick his shots and get a little bit more of a war, right? And then Izzy um, gets a little bit more uh, flustered, loses himself, and uh, Vittori gets a takedown. Vittori gets a takedown, lands a submission, keeps him ground and pound, and just wears him down and rides it out to, uh, looks for submissions, but if you don't get it, just rides him out control, takes Izzy out of his game exactly like the John fight, and takes a decision. That'd be the counter. It's not what I'm taking. I take Izzy to win the fight. Now, this is a stacked card, like it really is. Uh, you got uh, let's have a mess of this guy's name, Figueroa. Let's just say Figueroa, I don't know how to say his first name, right? Figueroa versus Brandon Moreno. And um, Figueroa is just like a naturally gifted fighter, he's a natural fighter, he just is. He's he he does things that he probably when he first time went to the gym was able to do things that you would you have to teach people, right? Or you couldn't teach people. He, he's just that kind of guy. He's explosive. He's good uh, placement with his hands, good timing, good distance. Um, he's just be able to read his body and your body at the same time. He's just able to do that. He's able to see where your body is and know where to put his body. And he knows where to place his punches, knows where to place his strike. He has very good power. Uh, he's really confident. He believes in himself. He switches. Um Defensively, he, he's hittable. Like, it, he just is. He just defensively is hittable. But it's mostly because of his confidence on what he's applying the pressure in, right? Um, he could kill the body. He just does a lot of things. Now, you go to Moreno, and he's kind of a different fighter, right? Because he's not, I wouldn't say physically that gifted. He's not a physically gifted fighter. Now, he's tough. He has heart. He has stamina. He has all the, the intangibles, right, that you want in a fighter to say, like, this guy's not going to have quit. You know, if you come into a fight, right, to have with figure they're kind of two opposite end fighters. Figueroa has natural talent, natural confidence, a natural, um you know, just natural, a natural place in the ring, in the cage. He has a natural ability to be in there. Now, Moreno may not have the natural thing, but he has all the heart. He has the... He has all the heart. He has the stamina. He, he's like a marathon runner, right? He's a third sort of fighter. He's like a marathon runner. And he doesn't panic. And he likes to be in the mess of things. But I think Figueroa needs to offer less in this fight. Because I think he offered a lot. I think he didn't have any belief in what Moreno was offering. I don't think he had any belief in it. So he thought I'm going to run him down. And when it didn't work, it went right into Moreno's game. Because Moreno was like okay, well I'm going to, this is a it's a marathon and you're sprinting. And, and I'm going to get you later rounds. I'm going to tire you out. I'm going to catch you. I'm going to laugh you. That's what happened. Also, a point was taken away from Figueroa, right? So all the things worked out the exact way Moreno wanted in the first fight. I don't think Figueredo is going to offer those things in this fight. I think he's going to offer less. I think he's going to punch. You know, he's gonna, uh, uh, I don't think he's going to have the same output as he did. I think he's going to uh, have less of an output. I think he's going to pick his shots more. I think he's going to fight smarter. And I think that all the things that want perfect for Moreno to be in the, f- the first fight were, are not going to be here in this fight. Um, some of the notes I see is uh, this could be a trilogy, especially you know if this fight's as good as the first one, or if it's competitive, or if it's controversial, right? Um, if Moreno wins, would this be the first champ for Mexico? I looked it up. I couldn't find another one. So I'm guessing it is, just like the other fight. Could be the first one in Italy, first one for Mexico. Um, and does Fig move up after this fight? Because he's having a hard time making weight. And I expect, that he, from what I am hearing from the conference press conference and everything, he looked like he was having a hard time making the weight this time. So this this could be his last fight. At this at this, this champ just uh, give up his belt, or you know, if he loses, does he just move up? I'm gonna pick Fig in this fight. I think a lot of things went right for Moreno in the first one. I expect a very good fight. You know, I still expect to be competitive at parts, but I just think it's gonna be more one sided. Um, the counter would be Fig's weight is still a problem. Uh, his game plan is still a problem, and Moreno. We have a similar fight, but Moreno gets started earlier. He. Uh, the openings he found on the last fight, he knows going into this fight, right? Because it's a rematch. It's like sparring the same guy over and over again. He starts seeing his game. And even if you have a lack of talent or a lack of whatever, it makes up for it to get more familiar with someone. Like, that's why Pacquiao has the same sparring partners, right? And then they're able to do good with him, but they're not maybe not have the best careers, right? And you're like, well, why can't they be good in other fights? It's because they're seeing Pacquiao over and over, over again. They're just seeing getting used to his game. They're getting familiar with him. It's kind of like what a rematch is. You're getting more familiar with each other's game. So that could help Moreno. I'm going to pick Fig. I think Fig's going to win this fight. I'm not going to bet this one because I don't know about Fig's weight. And I don't know about his stamina. I don't know how that's going to play a factor in this fight. And I can't take a chance like that to know what I'm getting. But I take him to win this fight. And I take him to get a... uh, I expect him to get a decision in this fight. And to be, you know, probably one of the more calculated fights. you, stack Car. We're going three fights on this one. Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards. Nate Diaz is not a welterweight. Now, now the example I could use for this, right? And like we, his biggest win at welterweight, is fighting a lightweight, Conor McGregor. That's like if BJ Penn and Matthews fought now, and they both weigh two hundred five, and BJ Penn won. That's not as big as that. Doesn't mean he's a light heavyweight, okay? That doesn't mean like, oh, well, BJ Penn's a light heavyweight now. No, he's not, okay? He's just fat. He's out of shape. He needs to cut down if he wanted to truly fight. So that's what we have here with Nate Diaz. But yeah, he keeps telling us as a well, it. and he keeps telling he keeps getting big fights because, yes, I get it, he's a star. But he's a star that hasn't really done much winning, at least big wins. And I know Pettis, but Pettis just lost to collar. You know what I mean? So, um, so I don't know how big of a win that really is. I don't know. You know, th- these are names, I guess. These are names at one point, but they're not really names anymore. Nate Diaz is older too. And he's going against Leon Edwards, who's, first of all, this is his weight. He looks, he fits the weight well. Leon Edwards is a defensive fighter. He has good pop. He has uh, strength. He's good in a clinch, which Nate Diaz is way more of a mauler now than ever before. He's not, Nate Diaz is more of like a grinder than ever before. He's like more like, I'm going to put you against a fence, hold you in a clinch, uh, hit you with knees, try to smother you, which he always had like a smothering punch game, but he was more like punches. I don't think Nate Diaz is more that much of like punching from a distance anymore i think he's just gonna look to clinch and i think leon edwards is damn good in the clinch he's like really good in the clinch and he's really good at the takedown and he's really good with control it's like everything he wants to do he's gonna do in this fight and he's gonna pick apart Nate diaz and this is gonna be to me Nate diaz like last fight that we see him as ever like a legit uh threat to someone at the elite level i think leon edwards is gonna have a star make performance i don't know how this fight won in his lap i don't know how this fight was made, I don't know how it was negotiated. I don't know if Nate Diaz asked for. I don't know if Nate, someone brought out up to Nate Diaz, but they did a favor to Leon Edwards. If Nate did it or the UFC did it, whoever did it, this is a favor to him. And he could possibly get this win and fight Nick later in the year. And I guarantee that Leon Edwards would give up a title shot to fight Nick Diaz later in the year. These are two massive paydays. They have to be for him. Um, I really like Leon Edwards. I really think Leon Edwards is a legit threat to Carl Usman. And there's not a lot of legit threats to Usman right now. This is one of them. He is uh, not always one of the most exciting fighters, but if you like a technician, you like a defensive fighter, if you like um, solid distance, solid timing, Leon Edwards has it all. He really is an excellent fighter, and I I think that he's, when I seen him against Muhammad uh, Balao, I think he was entering, like, his peak form in that fight, and he was really going to have, like, a great performance, and then the eye poke happened, which the eye poke is always susceptible to Leon Edwards because he does that. Like, he automatically, he just puts his hand out. Like, it's automatic when someone like jumps in because he likes the distance. He wants to push you away. It's a natural instinct. And he puts his hand out. So we got to watch that in this fight. But Nate Diaz isn't exactly the most explosive guy. So I don't think that, you know, it's going to be a lot of, like, he jumps in right away and he puts his hand out. It's not really that type of fight. I just think Leon Edwards is going to control the pace. He's going to control the distance. He's going to pick Nate Diaz apart. And I expect him to stop him in the second round. And Nate Diaz doesn't get stopped often, but this is going to look so one-sided. It's going to look like a complete schooling. Um I'm Sorry, I got third-round stoppage is what I came up with, like if like if I'm so precise with that. And the counter would be the Nate Diaz pressure lens to Leon getting too aggressive and Leon going for a takedown because Leon does go for a takedown. And maybe he goes for a takedown a little sloppy and falls into something Nate submission. That's really what Nate's going to have to rely on this fight. I don't think Nate could win a Standard fight in this one. I don't think Nate, I think Nate's too small. I think Leon's too precise and he fights from a distance. He's gonna pick Nate apart. Nate's gonna walk through. Him. Nate has bad legs. Like he's not, he's not gonna not have good leg movement. He's gonna walk into shots, he has bad defense. He's not gonna be able to take all the shots and be like, I'm still gonna come late rounds. It's just not gonna happen against Leon Edwards. Um notes on this one is this Diaz last UFC fight, which I honestly think it could be. Um will Leon fight Nick Diaz if he wins? Is Leon next for the title shot? If Nate wins, is he next for the title shot? Or does he fight Connor in the trilogy if Connor wins? Or even if Connor loses? It's all interesting. The outcome to this fight, everything that happens, there's interesting storylines after it. Um, I'm just picking Leon Edwards. I think this is a tough matchup for Nate. If I was matching him up, and just knowing how Nate sells, knowing Nate's a legend, I wouldn't give him this opponent. I'm just not an opponent I would have thought to give him. There's, there's other ways they can go with this, but I don't know the UFC matches them. This fight don't make no sense to me. I'm glad it's happening, though, like for Leon Edwards. And just because, I mean, Nate, she has an incredible opponent, I guess, but I'd rather see Nate at 155. I wish that that was – I feel like he gave up a lot of years at 155. Uh, last fight I'm covering this weekend, though. This is the zone card, and I'm not covering any of the fights, right? But it's a competitive card. If you look at the betting lines, like, there's some pet- competitive fights in there. The DAZN fights are always good. Matchroom's always good. I know people, uh, I get an argument with this guy, Fred, who does the Sunday Puncher podcast on Twitter all the time. He says I'm like a shield for DAZN or promoter for DAZN. I don't know. I just like boxing. DAZN offers a lot of boxing. They, they have some English guys that we don't, I don't exactly know all of them, but they have some good ones. And they have some good fights usually on those cards. It's in uh, Matchroom's uh, office's yard. It's just all. It's all fun. It's a fun card. It should we watch Saturday midday? And you could go straight into the UFC and the Shakur Stevenson card, which I'm talking about right now. You got Shakur Stevenson. He's one thirty five. Um, he's a lot of talent. He's a lot of talent. Has a funny one yet, but I think we expect these guys to fight people too soon. Maybe sometimes, and Shakur's still coming up. He's main eventing, so he's got that for him, but. You know, I mean, maybe we're just expecting a little bit too much from him. But he's got another opponent that's not really well-known. And I imagine that they, they wanted a guy that looked credible, but they didn't want a threat yet. And that's kind of what this is, right? Shakur Stevenson's excellent. He might say a lot honestly, Leon Edwards. Defensively sound. um, Very talented. Offensively, defensively. He's talented offensively as well. But his defense is what stands out. He doesn't get hit much. He uh, picks his opponents apart. He's... He's got, like, he he has some Mayweather techniques to him, but I think he's a lot more about positioning than Mayweather was. His positioning is really well. Like, he doesn't, you're never going to catch him against the ropes. I, I, he's not really that kind of game. Like, he's more like his backstep, which is, like, hard to explain, right? But he's got, his backstep is so fast. And it's it's such great timing, and it just gets him out of range, like, right away. And that's the best, to me, His best thing he does. And that's not an insult, or right? I think that's. It's a hard thing that I don't know if people work on, or I don't know if people practice it, but his backstep at a distance, right, is beautiful. And then he picks shots well. Um, he could do it all. He could do it all in the ring, but he's a defensive fighter. And I think that maybe you don't get the most entertaining fights with him. But as he gets on, goes on and fights better opponents, he will sell because you want to see if someone could get past that defense. You want to see. That's, what, like, that's a technique to use in boxing, right? If you want to catch fame, be untouchable. Be, create an illusion that no one could beat you, right? Create an illusion that no one could touch you. And then people will pay to see if someone could touch you. No one's paying, right, a magician, right, to, you're not paying a magician so you can see all his tricks. You're paying so you can't see his tricks. That's what Shakur is. He's a magician in there. You cannot see his tricks. You cannot see him get hit. And every time you watch it, even if you're rooting against him, and people are most likely going to root against a defensive fighter because it's not the most, boring. it's, if you're rooting for him, you're kind of rooting for a boring fight in a way. Now, what does Jeremiah bring? Uh, Jeremiah Nakathila, I would say. He has really one shot that I see could be effective. He has a hard right hand and he lunges with it. And Shakur, the one thing he does, I told you, has a backstep. Well, the one thing about a backstep is you're still pulling back in the same distance. I mean, you're still pulling back the same way you came in, right? But his is really fast, so no one really makes a pay for it. Well, Jeremiah lunges with his right hand. So when he lunge with it, a lot of times you overshoot it. Well, with Shakur, it's kind of hard to overshoot it because he doesn't go under. He goes back. So this is his chance in this fight would be to overshoot that right hand when Shakur uh, looks to jump back and see if you can catch him at the end of it, catch him at the end of his movement. Everything else, Jeremiah's not going to really have much. He's too wide. He falls off off balance, which Shakur's going to take apart. He doesn't have the best legs. His legs are a little sloppy. So chasing down Shakur is going to be like him walking into a lot of shots. And he's a little predictable with the shots. The shots aren't set up. They're kind of just like big right hand, left hand. Um, sometimes he he's a little pa- he's kind of patient in there, like where I'm saying, like he's definitely patient, but I'm, he kind of like is able to watch his opponent. So like where he wants to put his shots at times, but Shakur's gonna be better than him at that. Shakur everything that he really wants to do, Shakur's gonna be better at. He has a chance with the right hand. That's the one thing I can say. I have seen that if Shakur pulls straight back and this guy lunges with the right hand, he might be able to catch him. Uh, Once or twice, and one time might be able to do it because he has some pop. My prediction is Shakur will read the right hand. He'll start seeing it maybe the first few times he'll get close, but then after that, he'll take him apart. He'll take him apart to a decision. And I think uh, Jim Ryan's gonna play, be tough, not be able to easy stop, but he'd be, you know, pretty much outboxed and put into a little box, right? With uh, Shakur's skills, and Shakur's gonna call out Valdez after it. Or Jamal Herring, who they're friends but enemies. I can't tell on Twitter. They, you know they seem to beef, but that's a that's both great fights for him. That's the logical next step for him, and this is just the fight before, you know, the big fights, the real fights. That's people just showing you what Shakur's got, and I'm sure Top Rank's gonna load it with a bunch of you know up and coming guys. They're fun cards. It's not the it's not the most exciting card. You know what I mean? If I was grading this card, it's a it's a one. You know, because Shakur's talented, but it's still a one for me. Um, out of five, but who who knows? Maybe we could get more. These fights like these cards like this, you never know. It could be more interesting than you think. Um, the same thing with the uh Matchroom card. That's it's a, it's a one out of five for me too. Like I'm telling, I'm I'm gonna be fair. If I'm giving this on a one, the other ones a one too. There's no names. uh The matchups might be close, but no one really knows the opponents, so no one knows the guys fighting each other. So we'll see. A lot of those fights usually great, better than the, what what I'm giving them at the end of it. So I give them the grade that Pulse fight. It's a pre fight score. Post-fight score, let's see what it is. Now, let's get to the what we're, we're all here for. This is the fake money, real bets. I'm at 1.4. I bet Floyd. I put all my money on Floyd. There was no winner announced. I didn't lose anything, so I knew it wasn't risking anything. I didn't think Floyd's was going to get knocked out. I thought Floyd would get a a stop and She didn't. I could already, you want to hear about what I, my thoughts are on that. Go back to the last podcast. But on this one, right, I'm going a million on Leon Edwards. Minus 475 to win 210K over Nate. I think that's a give me. I think that everyone should be betting this hard. Nate doesn't have any advantages in this fight. Okay, maybe just willpower, right? But I have never seen Leon Edwards wilt in any fight or give in, in any fight, even against Usman. Like, he was still working the whole time. Uh, I got Izzy over Vittori because I've seen it happen before. And Izzy lost, but at 205. He didn't lose it this weight. And he already beat this guy, and I think he's better from then. And I think is better from then, but I don't think he's good enough to where he could still swing with uh, Izzy standing up. I expect Izzy to take him apart from his legs to his body with kicks. And when he gets too confident and tries to jump in, Izzy's going to land a big left hook or, or a straight right hand. So I'm going to take Izzy over Torrey, Leon Edwards. I'm betting 400K on Izzy to win 148K. Thank you for listening, guys. It's been the Mouthpiece Pockets. <laughs>